Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, let's see here. It's 27 May, 2018. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And a couple things to uh, say. The first is that the Sergio and Rhoda website or YouTube site should have a new video on it this afternoon. It is outstanding. It is not a Israel travel video, but it is unbelievably beautiful. I tell you, they were here in the U.S., as you know. He did a prophecy update and a couple of sermons. And then as they left America, they went to Italy, Tuscany, Italy, to attend the wedding of Sergio's brother. And he filmed it. And he did the most marvelous wedding filming. Rhoda's brother. What did I say? Sergio. It's Rhoda's brother. Whatever. That's my brain not kicking in. Anyway, it was the most marvelous wedding film you will ever watch in your life, bar none. And uh, the, the landscape is beautiful. The music is beautiful. The message is beautiful. Please watch it. And then we also have just walked in the door all the way from Germany via San Diego. We've got Lothar, our brother, for the third time has come from Germany to attend the Superior Word. And he has brought somebody along with him that he met the last time he was in America out in San Diego. It's Jesse Ryan. And we've become friends on Facebook. And I'm finally going to meet him today. And they're going to be staying at the house for a couple of days before they head back to where they're heading back to. So welcome, you guys. And it is tomorrow Memorial Day. There's a difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. People need to get this right. Memorial Day is where we honor the dead that have died in service of their nation. And then Veterans Day is where you say, oh, thank you for your service, Charlie, or, you know, uh, Roy, or whoever here has served in the, the military. And um, But don't thank me. I was in the Air Force. We don't do anything. <laughs> anyway, actually, some of the people in the military actually work, but I had an eight-to-five job five days a week, and uh, I kept my shoes off under the desk. Oh I'm going to tell you, this is true. We had a new squadron commander come through, and she was very lovely. She's the most beautiful woman you will ever see in your life, probably. She's half Japanese and half black, and she was a very angry person at the time. She was just going through a divorce, and she was being introduced all through the uh, consolidated, consolidated base personnel office, which is where I worked. And I was in the very last office down, and the CBPO chief, all of these are still friends of mine to this day, he walked up and he said, well, we finally had to get here. He says, unfortunately, we're at Charlie Garrett's desk. And she said, what's the matter with Charlie Garrett? She's an angry person. And, you know, she's beautiful. So every guy in the place had already hit on her, even though she's a squadron commander. I mean, so it made it only worse. And he said, look under the desk. And she looked under the desk and I didn't have my shoes on. And she said, Airman Garrett, what are you doing without your shoes on? And I said, ma'am, did you know it if he didn't say something? No. I said, well, then what difference does it make? <laughs> Three weeks later, they converted the uh, AFSCs, the job specialties in the Air Force, from CBPO and admin into one specialty. So now you can work in either place. Three weeks later, a call came down, and uh, she said, uh, I want Airman Garrett to come work for me. And I worked for her for years. She pulled me from assignment to assignment because she knew that I wasn't going to give her any nonsense at all. And she was one of the most wonderful 
people that I've ever known and still is. She just I talk to her from time to time, and she's just a marvelous person. But yeah, that's uh, that's what happens when you don't wear shoes. Is the girls learn really like that. So anyway, a uh, little off. Anyway, the reason why I'm getting about this is I have a Memorial Day bandana on from my friend Arlene in Chattanooga. I want to thank her for that. It's uh, She's always sending something, but uh, it, it touches my heart that she does that. She says, this is for your Memorial Day uh uh, prophecy update. And there's something else that is happening today. Do we know what day it is? National Hamburger Day. So, yes. So, yeah, that's great stuff there. So keep that in mind. And um, uh, one other thing that I want to say, uh, actually two more things I want to say is uh, one of them is uh, uh, you all know that we get our Grace shirts from Charlie Missy, okay? And I've given her website online before. It was um, charliemissy.com. Well, she has changed the website to gratefulsaints.com. So if you want to order more for anybody or for yourself, and she's always getting new designs, you need to go to gratefulsaints.com. So make sure you do that. She's a wonderful person, and she's out in San Diego as well. So, you know, there you go. Anyway, um, and then one more thing. I don't do this often, and I, it's not that I don't mean to do it. It's just I get in the prophecy update, and I don't think of it, is that uh, I... I said this on the Thursday Bible study, and I need to say it on the Prophecy Update as well. So I am so thankful for everybody that helps out this ministry. I am so thankful because, you know, we've never asked for anything ever for this church, ever, except one time to please send in a letter to uh, uh, help us with a cause. But other than that, we've always asked for other people, but we've not asked for anything, monetarily or otherwise, and yet people have supported this ministry, and without them, we probably wouldn't be open. So I, I thank everybody that has helped this ministry. And um, while speaking about that, people wanted to know what is the status of the zoning ordinance that they were going to change and have a bar move right in next door. Wednesday, they had a county meeting. After all of the paperwork was compiled, we got hundreds of letters from around the world, literally hundreds of them, and they were all submitted. And it, the people that moved the bar in next door were not allowed to open, but they had moved in. They got the note in advance, and he moved out, and he's far away, and now we have an office next door. So that's not going to affect us. And secondly, the county commissioners voted on Thursday to make this a zoning district where we can have restaurants, but no more bars here within 800 feet of this church. And it would not have happened if people were not responsive and help us. So I want to thank everybody that did that and that sent me an email. It means a great deal that you did that and you your effort was not in vain. There will be a final vote on this because they cannot just do something without opening up for public discussion. But unless something drastic changes, we are going to not have bars any longer around us. And that will be a great help for this ministry. And uh, uh, we'll have a lot of good restaurants we can go to, a lot of good food. If you ever come to Sarasota and you attend the Superior Word, there are more restaurants within three blocks of here than anywhere on the planet. And there is every type of restaurant you can name. So there you go. I'm done with giving announcements. Thank you for helping out this ministry. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And from Behold Israel, Israel, first country, most people know this. If you've watched any Prophecy News at all, you know it. But people that don't watch a lot of Prophecy Updates probably don't know this. It's very interesting. Israel's the first country to use the F-35 jet in combat. We developed it. It is our innovation, and yet we have never taken it into combat. They have. Major General Ami Khan Noor Kin confirmed that Israel used the F-35 jets in two separate ops, showing photos of them in action above Beirut. 
He stated, we are flying F-35s all over the Middle East. Good job. I can't wait till we have one fly over Iran and take care of some business there. But it had become a part of our operational capabilities. We are the first to attack using the F-35 in the Middle East and have already attacked twice on different fronts. Israel is the first country, aside from the United States, to acquire the world's most advanced fighter jets. Israel received nine F-35s total and is set to receive a total of 50 of them, which is great for them. Israel's security cabinet approved the $1.5 billion purchase as a part of the U.S. and Israel's memorandum of understanding. So good job there. Excuse me. Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu at Paraguay Embassy Opening. Israel has no better friend than Paraguay. Well, he's used that twice now because he said it about us when we opened our embassy, and now he said it about them. So that's fine. Paraguay is a nice little country with great people, and they have put their embassy there so we can share our happiness with them. Netanyahu, who, who called Karts a great friend of Israel and a great personal friend of mine said that Kartz, I think that's how you pronounce his name, maybe it's Carte or something, I don't know, whatever, um, who will be leaving an office in August has done much for Paraguay and is now doing something for both our countries. The Prime Minister recalled that Paraguay helped Jews escape Nazi Germany both before and during the Holocaust. Good job, Paraguay. And also took in refugees after the war. Kartz said the embassy opening expresses a sincere friendship and brave solidarity between the two countries. Good job. Al Jamainer, the Fakistanian Authority will use upcoming UNESCO meeting to claim ownership of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Imagine that. They're in Hebrew. They were found in the land of Israel. It's just crazy, but here we go. Um, let's see here. A leading Jewish human rights organization disclosed that it had received advance warning of a Fakistinian attempt to claim ownership of the historic Jewish site at Qumran in the West Bank at a forthcoming meeting of UNESCO. Shimron Samuels said that the Fakistinian bid to claim Qumran continues the antics of annual historical revisionism at UNESCO to validate the Fakistinian mythology. In that regard, he cited the campaign over the last several years to claim as Muslim historic Jewish sites like Jerusalem's Western Wall, the Tomb of the Patriarchs, and Hebron, pointing to the recent discovery in the scrolls of references to Jewish rites in the Temple in Jerusalem, Samuels asks, if the Fakistinians reject the existence of a Jewish Temple Mount in Jerusalem, why would they seek to own the proofs positive of that Temple's Jewish validity? Obviously, they're a confused group of people, but there you go. From Ynet, five, if you read uh, prophecy updates you, or prophecy sites, you've seen this a million times as well, but I'm going to include it for those that don't. I don't like repeating things that other people say, but at the same time, there are people that will be interested in this. That's why sometimes there's a little bit of overlap. Five rare Jewish coins discovered by Temple Mount Project, okay? The minute silver coins, and they are, they're teeny, they're smaller than a fingernail, were inscribed with the word Yehud in ancient Hebrew script, the Aramaic name for the first Persian Empire's province of Yehud, roughly equivalent to the older biblical kingdom of Judah. They are dated to around the 4th century B.C., Pilgrims brought the first fruits of the season to the temple starting around the time of the Jewish festival of Shavuot and would also bring tithes, donations of other such gifts. Biblical verses say that these can then be converted for silver 
and then they add in, or coin in the days of the second temple. Now, it doesn't say that specifically in the Bible. They've added that in. But they do say that biblical verses say that these could be converted for silver. And silver is a term used for money over there, so you, it would imply coins. But does anybody know where that verse is? I want to see if there's anybody biblically literate in that particular verse. Because I've read it to this, this church during at least 20 sermons, and I've read it at least 50 Bible classes where you can change silver in for or change your ties in for silver. Okay, you don't know. I'm going to read it to you because this is, has something to do with prophecy and it also has to do with the proper running of a church because most people don't know this. Many churches preach the doctrine of tithing. Okay, and I've said this even during prophecy updates is that tithing is an Old Testament concept, it is not a New Testament concept, it is never taught in the New Testament. It is reinserting the law where the law does not belong. Now, some people, because they know what the tithing verses actually say, go back before the tithing and they say, well, there's um, uh, Melchizedek yeah. received 10% and Jacob promised 10% to the Lord. Those are descriptive passages. They don't prescribe anything and they are not doctrine. They simply describe what happened. And they will say that's the law of first mention and therefore you are required to do that. There's no such thing as the law of first mention. That is a made up doctrine because of people wanting to get tithes from their people. So I will now read you the tithing verses. So even if you preach tithing in your church, if you're a pastor, or if your pastor teaches tithing that you are to give your tithe, I want you to know what the tithe is from the Old Testament so you can either stop preaching it or you can preach it correctly, or if your pastor is teaching it incorrectly, I want you to tell him that this is what the standard for tithing was in the Old Testament. Here we go. It starts in Deuteronomy 14 is where you find this verse. Starting in verse 22, you shall surely tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. That was said in Leviticus, and now he is explaining what to do with that. You shall surely tithe your grain every year. A tithe is 10%. You take your tithe and you tithe it every year. 10% every year. Okay, that sounds good. Churches, give you 10%. No, let's go on. And you shall eat. You shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. You take your tithe and you put it in your mouth and you eat it with your family, by the way. Verse 24. But here it is. Here's the verse that they're talking about in here. If the journey is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe. The Lord has blessed you so much that you just can't carry all this tithe down to Jerusalem where he wants you to go. It's not Jerusalem yet. This is Deuteronomy, but the place where the Lord your God chooses, okay? You, uh, it's the place where he chooses to make his name abide, which is Jerusalem. If you can't carry the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Okay. And it says here, oh, I'm sorry, I, I skipped something. And you shall eat there before the Lord, those things. Okay, then verse 24. But if the journey is too long for you so that you are not able to carry the tithe or the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, okay, then you shall exchange, right here, verse 25, it for money. The word in Hebrew is kesef, it means silver, which is where we got this right here. Take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. Okay, now you've already been told that you eat your tithes, but now you've changed your tithe for money. So what do you do? Give it all to the, the pastor at the church? No, here's what it says. And you shall spend that money 
for whatever. I love the way the old King James Version says it. It says, whatever your soul lusteth after. Anyway, it says, um, and you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for ox or sheep or for wine or similar drink. The word is shahar, which means blinko drink, like Jack Daniels, right? Okay, yeah, it's, it's very strong alcohol. And it says, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice. So you take your tithe, go down to Jerusalem and have a big party. Spend your money on yourself, okay? You shall rejoice. Where was I? Um, okay, and you and your household. Take your kids and your wife along and thank the Lord. Be abundantly thankful for what he has blessed you with, okay? And then it gives you a caveat here, verse 27. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. He didn't get a, a, a portion of land. They lived in cities. They had external uh, uh, land around their cities for keeping herds and stuff, but they did not have the same income that other people had owning their own land. So take care of the Levites, okay? So that's like taking care of your pastor with that little bit that you have left over after your big party down in Jerusalem. And then here you go. Here's what you actually do with the tithes in regards to taking care of the Lord's people, etc. Here it is, verse 28. At the end of every three, every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, who are within your gates, may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. So you take your tithe. Two years, you eat it, have a big party, and thank the Lord for the abundance and provision that he has given you. And then the third year, you give it all to the Levites, they'll keep it in a certain place, and there they will take care of all of the poor. That means that the Lord figured that everything would be taken care of with 10% every third year for all of the poor and all of the needs in Israel. Now think about that, okay? So having said that, some people will say that's actually a second or a third tithe, and you have to give a tithe, and then you have to give that every third year. One, that's a lie. It shows a greedy heart. And two, it's re-explained in Deuteronomy 26, verse 12. I'm going to turn there, and it says here, just to make sure we get it right, uh, Deuteronomy 26, 12, when you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third. third year, the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. So there you go. That confirms it's a third-year tithe. There's no such thing as a second tithe or a third tithe. That's a lie, okay? Plus, we don't go by law first mentioned. That is also because they know what this says and they don't want to yield their profits to you, okay? If everybody gave one-tenth every third year to the church, the church would be blessed. I guarantee it. Having said that, it says it one more time in the Old Testament in Amos 4, verse 4. It says you bring your tithes every three, third year or every three years, okay? Some translations will say every three days, well, that's obviously not correct, and it's uh, the word is yamim, and it can be translated years or days. Okay, it is every three years. It's confirming. You read the surrounding context. It's talking about the law. So it is every three years, but we don't tithe in the New Testament church. What we do is we give as you are blessed. That is it. That is the only requirement that is given in the New Testament, which are Paul's letters prescriptive for the church age. He gives one more in Galatians chapter 6, where he says, make sure that, let me read it to you, okay? This is it. You give as you've been blessed. That's from 1 Corinthians. Um, I'm not going to remember the verse right now, so I'm not going to go there. But it says here in Galatians 6, verse 6, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And that's it. It doesn't give you any prescription as to how much or whatever. That is it. So, 
I am happy to do that on the Prophecy Update because people are so confused. They do not read their Bible. They watch too many Prophecy Updates, and they sit in churches, and they're told something that isn't true. And that okay. pushes more people away from... That pushes more people away from churches. Do you know that Les Feldick went down to a church south of here, a very good Bible teacher at Les Feldick, and he went down there and he said to the people, uh, you're, you're not teaching properly. The tithing is, and he went through that with them, and he said, well, you know, and they kept doing the tithing. And then finally, he got convicted after a year or two, and he went to what the New Testament says, and he got rid of tithing, and his, his uh, support went up, way up, because people are no longer being beat to death over a lie. Okay, here we go. We'll go on now. Um, so that was the uh, second temple. There, these were the first coins ever minted by the Jews, the ones that they found. Okay, they expressed the people's return to their land after the Babylonian exile and their ability to hold and maintain diplomatic ties with the ruling empire. Then Persia, similar to our relations with the USA today. Well, that's not true because we don't rule over Israel today. We're friends of Israel, but it's okay. And then it says, ironic, at a time where Iranians are openly speaking of destroying Israel, coins are uncovered from a time when the Persian regime was favorable towards Jews and allowed them to live in Israel with dignity. So wonderful stuff that they happen to find. And that seems to happen again and again in uh, Israel as things support what's going on in the world around them, like the Dead Sea Scrolls when they were established, etc. And having said that, for the people that are watching the Prophecy Update and they now learn that there's actually stuff in the Bible that they need to know, we are going through Esther sermons, which is dealing with the Persian Empire. So please watch those Persian, those Esther sermons about the people in Persia. You'll learn something. Jerusalem Post. Knesset approves motion on recognizing... Armenian genocide. Now, that might not sound like a big deal there, but I'm going to tell you what, the Turkish government does not want anybody to acknowledge this. They don't want the people in America to talk about it. They don't want anybody to talk about it. The Armenian genocide, 1.5 million Christians were butchered by Muslims. And you don't hear about it anywhere. It's, it's a, a giant holocaust. They crucified people. They tear off their clothes and they'd hang them for miles, crucify them right on crosses. Well, you Christians want to die like that? Here you go. They killed them by the bucket full. And Israel's always stayed away from that. Why do you think that is? It's because they have relations with Turkey. Well, you know what's happened in the past couple of weeks. Those relations have been falling apart and falling apart and falling apart. And now for the first time, this is actually becoming something that they're going to pass as a motion. And you wonder how Turkey is going to be a part of this alliance? It's already set in stone. This is just going to be another, another notch in that. So here's what it says. The Knesset will hold a vote on whether to recognize the Armenian genocide. In 2015, the Knesset approved a motion for the agenda to discuss the Armenian genocide, which resulted in the Education, Culture, and Sport Committee recognizing it. Similar motions have been put to the vote in the past, but the government always asked the coalition to vote against them out of concern for relations with Turkey. This time, the government did not respond to the motion at all. That is very, very significant. And that is, you, you wonder how these things, I put the Bible over there so I can't reach it, but you wonder how these things are going to come about. Gog, Magog. It's all happening right before our eyes. It is all happening. The world is being set up right now for what is coming. I don't know if the rapture is going to happen before or after Gog, Magog, but it is going to happen around that time frame, and it is marvelous. Thank you very much. Um, the things that we're seeing is is just fantastic. All right, so Christian news for today. I'm going to entitle this, Once a Dope, 
always a dope. Yes, but before I do, I want to bring up something that is uh, rather disconcerting that's happened. Uh, Judy called me about it. We talked about it last night, and we've had uh, a couple other people mention it on Facebook. Is a guy named Tony Robinson in England has been arrested. In, what's that? Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, I'm sorry. I, I do that all the time, don't I? I always say the wrong thing. Anyway, his name is Tommy Robinson. He's in England, and he is a uh, person that is highlighting what is going on with the, the abuse of, of women and children in England by guess who, right? Yes, and because uh, these uh, Muslims are doing this, they don't want it to get out. They don't want it to get out, but he has been out there doing it, and he was uh, told one time a while ago, if you do this again, if you report on this, we're going to throw you in jail. He already was under sentence, and they, they gave him a, a suspended sentence. Well, he did it again, and they have arrested him, and they've put him in jail. So we need to pray for this guy because he is doing the right thing. Let's take a real quick prayer for that. Heavenly Father, you know the situation with the brother over there that is uh, trying to show the world the evil of what's going on in England and how terrible it is that they are allowing this infection into their society to destroy their own society. It's like wanting to shoot off your own foot, Lord. We don't understand it. It happened in our nation for eight years, and we got rid of that. But we would pray that people would understand what is going on in this world that would stand up for this gentleman, that would protest to the point where the government would be forced to let him go and to uh, uh, take away this terrible ruling that has been held against him. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so here we go. Once a dope, always a dope. From the Times of Israel, dope says, dialogue and reconciliation needed after deadly week in Gaza. Okay, Dope Francis said the gestures of dialogue and reconciliation were needed for the Holy Land and all of the Middle East. He told Faithful in St. Peter's Square he had united himself spiritually to a prayer vigil held on Saturday in Jerusalem. Uh, that would be the last thing I wanted in the planet is to have that guy united spiritually with me in prayer. Wow. Uh, which he noted is holy for Jews, Christians, and Muslims. You keep hearing this when it's not true. Earlier during Mass, Francis cited the heart-rending situation in Gaza and prayed that hearts be changed so peace arrives. Well, if they would stop trying to attack Israel and stop trying to do things detrimental to their own people, there would be peace. Francis has expressed support for a two-state solution to the conflict, indirectly criticizing U.S. President Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Once a dope, always a dope. From Fox, Dope Francis reportedly tells gay man, God made you that way and loves you. Yes, I knew I'd have some people that didn't read this, and so that's why it's been on all the prophecy sites, but I'm glad that I got some, some people that haven't heard this. Dope Francis reportedly told a gay man from Chile that God made him that way and loves him the way he is. God made him that way. Okay, now listen. Listen to the next sentence. God made him gay. Juan Carlos Cruz, who was reportedly a victim of sexual abuse at the hands of a priest. Is that right? So God made him that way or he turned gay because a priest abused him? I have a friend that's dying of AIDS that was abused by a Catholic priest and he became a gay. Right. And he's dying of AIDS because of it. He thinks that he's going to heaven. He was told that he would get a straight ticket past purgatory to heaven for doing the things he did. Can you imagine that? You meant, yeah, there you go. So this is Catholic policy here. Uh, he spent days at the Vatican to talk about his experiences. Cruz told a Spanish newspaper that the two had a conversation about his homosexuality and said he was told Juan Carlos, I don't care about you being gay. Well, he ought to because the Bible does. 
God made you that way and loves you as you are, and I don't mind. The dope loves you as you are. You have to be happy with who you are. Instead of saying, you know what? This book forbids that. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Read it. Go to the last page of the Bible. Somebody asked me because I told you they were in the Methodist church and they wanted me to give them all the verses on it. You don't need to go to the Old Testament. That's wrong to do. You know, they take a stone him if he does that. Don't go to those verses. The New Testament has plenty about sexual immorality and it's not elevating homosexuality above any other sexual sin. It just says sexual immorality is wrong. If you are not married and you are having sex outside of marriage, it doesn't matter what type of sex you're having. It is wrong. That is all there is to it. And it says right on the last page of the Bible, Jesus' own words, sexually immoral are going to be included in this, right? So anyway, he's trying to say that this is okay. And meanwhile, every Chilean bishop offered to resign over what Francis said was their grave negligence in investigating abuse and protecting children. The bishops announced that all 31 active bishops had signed a document offering to resign. For years, sex abuse victims have blasted the Chilean hierarchy for discrediting their claims. There's two issues going on. One is a gay issue, and then the other is this abuse issue in the one article. Okay? Um, they protecting abusers and moving them around rather than reporting them to the police and then handing out light sentences when church sanctions were imposed. Francis, though, has also been implicated in the scandal, and he took responsibility for his role as well. Now, why did he do that? I reported it on a previous Prophecy Update. He was handed the letter, which he agreed to these things, and he says, oops, I've been caught. And they had a photo of him receiving this letter. And so that's why he acknowledged his guilt as well. They're all guilty, they're all dirty, and they are all responsible for this person being gay. And then they're saying it's okay that you're gay. It's absolutely horrifying. Okay, from Hararetz, from Hararetz, LGBT community cheers, Pope's God made you like this remark. So he's doing nobody any favors in Christianity. Nobody. From the Christian Post, once a dope, always a dope. Jimmy Carter condemns sex-selective abortion, killing at birth of 160 million girls in Liberty University address. Now, why would I call him a dope for that? Because he's not complaining about the, the killing of boys. All he's doing is saying it's wrong that we gender-selective abort. He's a Democrat, he voted for these positions, and he is Liberty University, one of the last bastions of conservatism, invited this dolt up to speak at their graduation ceremony. I would have gotten up and walked out. Here's what it says. Former, thank goodness, President Carter, who said he is still an evangelical, called on all Christians to come together in his Liberty University commencement address. He also identified the killings and he spoke of countries like China and others where male infants are greatly preferred over females due to economic opportunities. Well, that's not correct. That's not correct at all. It's because the male, the family line travels through the male, just like it does in most of the world. And Chinese are very, very fond of their family lines. They go back thousands of years. They know the family names. And when there is no male, there is no family. And so that is the reason why. So he didn't even get that right. Then noted that 160 million girls are not alive today because their parents either kill their daughters by strangling them at birth or to abort them when finding that the fetus is female. Okay? It's not a fetus. It's a human being. It's a baby. And this man is up there saying these things to Liberty University. Carter also condemned human trafficking and sexual assault. 
At the same time, he noted that in the U.S. military itself, which he called one of the greatest organizations on earth, 16,000 cases of sexual abuse are reported every year. Like he had to jab the U.S. military in a commencement address. He didn't need to say that, right? But he did it during a commencement address. It was a simple cure to that. Yeah, well, there you go, okay? As an evangelical and Southern Baptist who still teaches Sunday school, I would never attend that class, he urged Christians from all denominations to come together and focus on the things that unite them rather than drive them apart. Where is their fellowship between Christ and Belial? That's what Paul asks. Where is their fellowship between darkness and light? If you're teaching darkness, you don't make fellowship with them even if they say they're a Christian. That's not something that you do. From the Christian Post, I'm inserting this in the middle of the article I'm reading, from the Christian Post back on April 17th, I want to read you the title. Jimmy Carter says he doesn't know if Gandhi is in hell for not being a Christian. Okay, do you remember that? I brought that up, and here he said that, and he's teaching Sunday school, and he's addressing Liberty University. Let's go on with the article. Baptists, he said, Baptists ought to come together as friends and not be alienated from one another, the former president urged. Well, he's just divided Christianity by saying Baptists and not mentioning Methodists and Episcopals and non-denominationals and superior word attendees and, you know, go on, right? He's, he's saying, let's unite, and then he divides by saying Baptists. So everything he said here is insane, okay? He goes on. Um, one of the things we have to learn is how to get along. Who was that? Rodney King? He's repeating Rodney King now, to do good for one another. In other words, just following the mandates of the Prince of Peace. We don't need enemies to fight, nor do we need inferior people whom we can dominate. Quoting Galatians 3, verse 28, one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, he added, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither male nor female. There is neither slave nor master, for you all are one, all one in Christ Jesus. Okay? Why is that misquoted? is because people take that and they say, well, see, women can be pastors because of that. We're all one in Christ, and that's the logic they use. That's not at all what that verse is saying. It says that we all share in the same salvation in Christ. We all share in the same spiritual blessing in Christ. The very fact that he says Jew and Gentile and then male and female proves that they are differences, right? How many women do we have in here? I bet you I could count them and be correct. Because we don't suddenly become non-gender when we are in Christ. Everybody understand the logic? Male and female stay male and female. Jew and Gentile stay Jew and Gentile. So much for Reformed theology on the church taking over Israel, by the way. Anyway, this is all tied into doctrine, and doctrine actually matters. We'll go on. Liberty President Jerry Falwell Jr. explained in a statement why he decided to invite Carter to deliver the commencement speech. While Christians may disagree about what role government should play in serving those in need, the Liberty University community, along with all Christians worldwide, are united in the belief that we, as individuals, should provide food and shelter to the poor. So that's his answer for Christianity, is providing food and shelter to the poor. Not teaching doctrine, not teaching rightly dividing the word of God, but by helping the poor, which is one of the things we're required to do, by the way, but it is one small part of what Christians are to do. One small part. Carter's just happy because he's not the worst president ever. You know what? He, he is tied with the worst president ever because he claims to be a Christian, and the other guy at least, well, so did he, but we know he's not. But at least Carter says he's a Christian, yet he says nonsense like this. Horrifying. Islam today. 
Jerusalem Post, Hamas turns away humanitarian aid from Israel to Gaza. They want to send in some Israel help to help these people. They turn it away. The IDF said that it coordinated the transfer of eight truckloads of vital medical equipment through the Karem Shalom crossing due to severe humanitarian conditions in the Hamas-controlled enclave, with hospitals struggling to treat wounds and clashes on the Israel-Gaza border. Hamas accepted four trucks of aid supplied by the Fakistanian Authority and two trucks supplied by UNICEF, but two truckloads of medical aid provided by the IDF were turned away when the origin of the equipment became apparent. Here you go, racist equipment now. From Geller, Hamas admits 50 innocent protesters killed in Gaza were actually jihad terrorists. We know that. Guess what? The UN holds a moment of silence for them. Yep. From uh, FOI, Jewish parents outraged after New York school holds moment of silence for Hamas. Yes, the announcement of the tribute at Beacon High School in Hell's Kitchen was made by a student over the school's PA system. It was not clear whether the decision had been approved by the school principal. Well, he got it in his hands, didn't he? Somebody had to approve that. Breitbart, report. Fox News installs meditation room with Muslim prayer rugs. What? Yeah. With Suzanne Scott as the new CEO of Fox News comes a meditation room complete with Muslim prayer rugs. Fox News recently installed a meditation room complete with these rugs in Ali North's office, Vanity Fair says. On top of that, staffers now attend mandatory sexual harassment training, and the employee intranet includes a section for gender transition policies and guidelines. In what might be related news, Sean Hannity, who is not only the biggest star at Fox, but in all of cable news, is reportedly being heavily courted by Sinclair News. Sinclair owns some 200 television stations and is looking to launch a channel that will compete with Fox, which is needed at this point. Okay, let's see here. It'll become a lot easier if Fox sells out to the establishment and becomes as politically correct as a meditation room with prayer rugs. There you go. Your Fox News, which started out pretty well, is really devolving quickly. From Wynette, Iran says Europe's support for nuclear deal not enough. Remember last week I read that article that uh, what Trump had done had placed a wedge and it would be an insurmountable wedge between these countries? It looks like that article was right. The EU is not doing enough to preserve the benefits for Iran for from the 2015 International Nuclear Pact following the withdrawal of the United States. Iran's foreign minister told the EU's energy chief, Miguel Arias Canite, I guess, European Commissioner for Energy and Climate, said Tehran wanted the 28-nation bloc to act fast to preserve its oil trade with Iran and to consider making direct Euro-dominated payments for Iranian oil to Iran's central bank by bypassing the financial system of the U.S. Now, remember, I've said that they want the yuan to be a... Uh, a, a what do you call it, oil trading unit. And if that happens, that will take away from America's monopoly over the oil trading because it's all done in dollars right now. If the U.S. agrees with, I'm sorry, if Europe agrees with Iran, then that could be a problem. But at this point, they are in no position to do that. So we're going to see where this develops. But right now, not enough is being done, according to Iran. It goes on, let's see here, um, since President Trump announced that he would pull the U.S. out of the deal, the U.S. Treasury said Washington would reimpose a wide range of Iran-related sanctions after the expiry of a 90- and a 180-day wind-down period. 
including sanctions aimed at Iran's oil sector and transactions with its central bank. The EU leaders have pledged to try to keep Iran's oil trade and investment flowing, but conceded that would not be easy. Under the deal, Tehran agreed to curb its nuclear work in return for lifting of most Western sanctions. With the threat of new U.S. sanctions looming over them, some foreign firms have already started signaling their intention to pull back from Iran, exactly as that article last week said. The announcement of the possible withdrawal by major European companies from their cooperation with Iran is not consistent with the European Union's commitment to implementing the nuclear deal. Zarif was quoted as saying he appeared to be referring to announcements by several large European companies last week suggesting their activities in Iran would end or be curtailed because of the reimposition of U.S. sanctions. So we're going to see where this goes. Very good for now, but we're going to see because if they do start a yuan-based trading of oil, they may actually move everything over there and away from the U.S. That would cause the U.S. to disappear out of that market, and it would cause our economy a great stress and maybe even collapse. Maybe that's how we're going to get taken out of the picture. I don't know. We don't even know if people say, oh, America's not listed in the Bible, or America is listed in the Bible, and they pull verses out of context to justify their position. The answer is we have no idea. America is an unknown commodity in the Bible, and the reason why is because the Bible is focused on Israel. And Israel is under a nation. That nation will be the focus of it, like Persia in the book of Esther, etc. Right? America does not dominate Israel. We align with Israel. So we are either going to be a goat or a sheep nation, and that's the end of the story with America. Don't pull verses out of context and form a pretext. Okay? Mongolia today. Go, go, Mongolia says. Mongolia is ranked Asia's third Weakest country. Bad news. According, yeah, they're not taking over the world this week. According to the Asia Power Index, Mongolia is ranked 23rd out of 25 countries. The index breaks down power into eight distinct measures, allowing variations in power projection to be measured within and between countries. Economic reserves, military capability, resilience, future trends, diplomatic influence, economic relationships, defense networks, and cultural influence. Those eight categories. Mongolia's peak field of power was its defense networks with 9.9 points. As for its weakest point, the cultural influence rate has sunk the overall power rating of Mongolia to 0.2 points, or I'm sorry, with 0.2 points. The low highlighted Mongolia as an underachiever considering its overall power and available resources. Very sad. You've got this giant country full, full of resources. I mean, you put it in the middle of America, and it takes up much, much of the western part of America. It's a big country. They've got lots of resources, but they don't have a lot of people, and it's very cold there in the winter, things like that. So they're, they're struggling. But anyway, they will take over the world eventually, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Daniel 12 Technology. From ZDNet, IBM warns of instant breaking of encryption by quantum computers. Move your data today. If you have data and you think it's secure anywhere in this planet, it won't be because quantum computers, here we go, quantum computers will be able to instantly break the encryption of sensitive data protected by today's strongest security. LifeLock, anybody got LifeLock? It ain't going to work. Uh, let's see here. It says, uh, warns the head of IBM Research. This could happen in a little more than five years because of advances in quantum computer technologies. 
Anyone that wants to make sure that their data is protected for longer than 10 years should move to alternate forms of encryption now. Quantum computers can solve some types of problems near instantaneously compared with billions of years of processing using conventional computers. In other words, you have security in this, this site, it'll take a billion years for them to figure out what you what your password and key identity is. A quantum computer can do it instantly. So that's how much of a leap this is. It goes on, it says, um, Moeller said people might feel safe because they have done everything they're supposed to do to secure their existing data, but quantum computing will break it. There is a type of encryption called lattice field that is thought to be resistant to quantum computing attacks. The good news is that it is as efficient as our current encryption, so it won't cost more. So if you want to be uh, secured, you go to lattice field. Otherwise, if they can break lattice field, guess what? You talk about the end times and they know every person on the planet and everything they're doing at all times. There you go, quantum computers coming soon to a tribulation period near you. Mail online, the radical nano battery that could charge your phone in five seconds. Imagine that. Plug your phone in. Here it goes. Yeah, a group from Cornell University built a 3D battery that charges almost instantly. The nano battery is self-assembling and intertwines its anodes and cathodes. Battery could be charged by the time you put your cable into the socket. As soon as you do it, it's done. The group has applied for patent protection on the proof of concept work. Pretty amazing. Revelation plagues today. Um, don't wade in the ocean, folks. Mail online. Japan is poised to flood the Pacific with one million tons of radioactive water contaminated by the Fukushima nuclear plant. They can no longer store it. Storage space for contaminated water at Fukushima is running dangerously low. Nearly 160 tons of radioactive water is produced at the abandoned plant per day. The Japanese government may decide to deposit the waste into the Pacific. Officials plan to secure 1.37 million tons of storage capacity by the end of 2020. Bad news, because we already have that, that one article I read last year where it's the mountains are running under this plant and they've got a crack in the plant, so the water goes in and out. And so it's, it's already a problem, but it's just going to be a lot worse now. Business Insider. Russia's first seaborne nuclear power plant, dubbed the Nuclear Titanic, arrives in the Arctic. They now have a portable, on-a-boat nuclear power plant. That's a good idea. Russia's first floating nuclear power plant, the Akademik Lomonosov, arrived at the Arctic port of Murmansk over the weekend, which will provide electricity to an isolated Russian town across the Bering Strait from Alaska. The state company behind the plant says it could pioneer a new power source for remote regions of the planet. But green campaigners have expressed concern about the risk of nuclear accidents. Greenpeace has called it the nuclear titanic. In Murmansk, it will take on board a supply of nuclear fuel. It will then be uh, towed to the town of Pevek in the far eastern region of Chukukta. Something like that. Anyway, separated from the United States and Alaska by the 86-kilometer or 53-mile-wide Bering Strait. It will start operations there next year. The plant will reproduce a coal-fired power plant and an aging nuclear power plant supplying more than 50,000 people with electricity in Chuk 
Otka, I guess that's how you pronounce that. That that does not sound like a good idea to me, a floating nuclear power plant. I mean, we already have them. They're contained more or less in these nuclear submarines and stuff, but that just doesn't sound like a great idea to me. Um, having said that, I watched something on Netflix. It took me a couple days to do this. Netflix has gone the way of the dodo with Obama. You know, they're hiring him to do stuff, but... I get it for free, so I don't care. Um, I watched something. It was way scary. It happened on 18 September of 1980, I believe was the date, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, look it up. It's a documentary based on the nuclear accident that happened outside of Little Rock and a, a Titan missile that was uh, a, a hole got punctured in the side of it by some workmen, and that thing leaked, and it made the news, but people didn't realize they hushed it up how absolutely catastrophic this could have been. They had no idea if this thing was going to go off or not. And there have been several like this. There was a point, I think they said we had 32,000 nuclear bombs at one point, and they couldn't guarantee the safety of even one of them. This is a scary world that we're living in. And you watch that and you think, I mean, it could have vaporized 50 miles of land. And, you know, and the poor Air Force people, there are some people in the Air Force that actually work. The two Air Force people that, actually not two, several of them, you know, they always get the blame for it when it's not their fault at all. They were heroes that went in. One of them gave his life to stop this thing that happened, and they were all just barbecued by the Air Force. Terrible, shameful. I don't remember the name of it. Um, uh, No, I I, I tried to remember it last night, and I meant to write it down, but uh, if I do remember, email me, and I'll get it for you, because it'll be right at the top of my Netflix list. Um, uh, September 18th of 1980. And so look that up, that date, and then it'll give you the name of the movie. Yeah, just go on to Google, look it up. You don't have to send me an email. You'll find it quickly. It's on Netflix. It was very good, very well done, very scary. Morality today. WND. Condoms required at Scouts 24th World Jamboree. You talk about somebody going downhill very quickly. The Boy Scouts have decided to accept people who identify as gay and lesbian among their ranks. And girls are welcome now, too, into the iconic organization, which has renamed itself as of a week ago, BSA. So what's next? A mandate. A mandate that condoms be made available to all participants of the global gathering. Commenting on the condom policy, John Stemberger President of the Florida Family Policy Council wrote that it is not clear how far down the rabbit hole the Boy Scouts will continue to fall. With the addition of condoms and alcohol, the World Jamboree is starting to sound more like a 1960s Woodstock festival than a campout that parents would want to send their children to. I was in the Cub Scouts. I was a cute one, too. But uh, I can tell you, we never would have even dreamt of this. Ever. Imagine. Just imagine. From Newsweek. What's that? They're what? Oh, lefties. That's right. Lefties get their fingers into things and they destroy it. From Newsweek, New York City Mayor de Blasio, preparing city for marijuana legalization, instructs the New York Police Department to halt arrests. Why do you think he's doing this? Votes. What? Not votes. Not to get reelected because drugs are, same as STDs. They're racist. Yes. The move is partially a follow-up on his announcement last week to overhaul and reform enforcement that has created a wide racial disparity in marijuana arrests. But de Blasio, so we've got a problem, and here's how we solve it. Let's just legalize it, and so it takes care of all of our problems. It it makes no sense. It's typical liberal thinking. Um, Let's see here. 
Uh, de Blasio and New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, both critics of legalization, appear to be preparing the entire state for a legalization of marijuana they see as an inevitable policy shift regardless of their actions. So we can't beat it, so let's just do it. It's absolutely insane. And it's racist to smoke pot now. WND, school board stunner. There is no biological sex. Yes, the Fairfax County School Board in Northern Virginia is considering teaching children there is no such thing as biological sex. And that also that clergy, that terrible word, clergy, are not to be trusted if students have questions. Yep. Within just the past few weeks, WND has reported on the Albemarle District in Virginia, which was warned its explicit videos to classes of 14-year-old girls are likely a felony, a violation of state and federal laws. They're actually showing things that are d disgusting, right? Um, and the Sunnyside Unified School District in Tucson, Arizona, was warned that its proposed sex ed program is both illegal and obscene. Now, according to the Family Research Council, comes the Fairfax Board. Already, each public school student must suffer through 80 hours of sexual education, but 80 hours. But the report said the move to something less repressive was being considered. She noted among the ideas being renewed was to teach children they weren't actually born male or female. Advisors scrubbed biological sex from all lessons and in its place put the politically charged gender fluid propaganda term sex assigned at birth. As one advisor explained, biological sex is meaningless. Further, the board's plan to teach 7th and 8th grade students to embrace transgender identity, but don't tell them about the risks. Advisors voted against telling children about any, any of the health risks and side effects from gender transitioning, and they want to remove an offensive word. They voted to strip the word clergy from the list of trusted adults that students might consult with sexual identity concerns. Can you imagine? I can't believe week after week that we find something that's more perverse than the week before, but it keeps happening. It's an insane world we're living in. Then it all comes down to liberal, Democrat. It's just terrible. Our other category, Bloomberg, good news. Oh, this is wonderful news. I broke into tears when I heard it. Boeing 747s are back from the dead. Yep. Funny thing happened to an older generation of Boeing Company 747 jumbo jets on their way to dusty oblivion in desert parking lots. Instead of being scrapped, the humpbacked planes are back in demand as workhorses of global shipping. Booming trade is stoking the need for big, long-range jets to haul time-sensitive goods from Apple Inc. iPhones made in Taiwan or China to fresh flowers grown in Latin America. With Boeing's factory-fresh models sold out through 2021, cargo carriers are snapping up jumbo freighters that were built from 1993 to 2009 if they can find them. Demand is strongest for the used 747s originally built as freighters since they have hinged noses that flip open to load oversized cargo, such as oil drilling equipment. Lease rates have rebounded for the aircraft while the number of stored models has shrank to the point where almost every airworthy plane is spoken for. All the 747s are going to be back flying the friendly skies once again. I'm so happy. <laughs> New York Post. 
Trump, you probably know this if you don't, I just love him. Trump donates 100000 of his salary to Veterans Affairs. Trump had previously made donations to the Department of Transportation, the National Park Service, the Department of Education, and the Department of Health and Human Services. What a great president we have. What a great president. CBS, scientists bring a severed brain back to life, sparking ethical debate. Yeah, it was a pig brain. They brought it back to life, and so now they're doing this. But you know, the brain is the fastest uh, degenerating part of the body. When you die within six minutes without oxygen, it starts to degenerate. And it, it very quickly, there's nothing left but mush in your head. Okay, it's a, it, 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 very quickly. So if they do this, and a person has been dead for a while and not frozen, oh, that person's going to wake up schizophrenic anyway. So, you know, it just it, a very bad idea. Very bad idea. Okay, let's see here. BBC. Venezuela seizes Kellogg's cereal factory after closure. It comes after the firm announced it was pulling out of the country because of the worsening economic situation. Leave that up to the left. President Nicolas Maduro has previously accused the U.S. of waging economic war against his government, called the closure absolutely unconstitutional and illegal. You run a country into the ground, the people that are there trying to help your country can no longer afford to make money, and so what do they do? They say it's time for us to leave, and he says it's illegal, right? He said the factory had been handed to workers who would continue production. That'll work out well. Yeah. From the Daily Caller, complete meltdown. CNN loses 30% of viewers since last year, while Fox News has increased. Well, the second half of it doesn't really make me happy anymore after reading what I read you, but at least CNN is going the way of the dodo. The network's news coverage has repeatedly focused on stories that make President Trump look bad, such as the Stormy Daniels story and coverage of special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. Uh, tell him, don't report on it. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. All right, mail online. Carrying a mobile phone. Talk about end time stuff here. Carrying a mobile phone could become compulsory in a bid to cut crime, they say. That's their reason, senior judge predicts. So the UK is now thinking about making compulsory cell phone carrying. Well, I don't own one, so they'd have to buy it for me, and then I'd forget it at home anyway. But yeah, Sir Jeffrey Vos said the law made people carry phones would help tackle crime. New idea echoes author George Orwell's acclaimed novel, 1984. So I got to tell you, we are right there, folks. When they start mandating this in one country, the next country is going to say, good idea, good idea, good. And everybody's going to have to carry a cell phone and they're going to know where you are all the time. They're going to know what you're up to all the time. Bad news. Okay, here we go. Zero hedge. Continuing jobless claims are collapsing since Trump. The last time there were fewer Americans claiming ongoing jobless benefits was 1973, 45 years ago, and the collapse in continuing jobless claims has accelerated since Trump was elected. A little pat on the back. I'm not saying that we're not going to have 50 million people unemployed next week because of an economic collapse. I'm not going to boast over this. I'm just saying that right now he's doing the right thing. Okay, anything could happen in, in 10 minutes, right? Okay, I got a lesser here for you. It was a combination of him and his wife this week. In order to hide holy scrolls, the Essenes used 40 safe holes. The PA wants rights. They stay up for nights finding ways to sell UN their goals. Good job, Les. Okay, and then we have an irony and odd of the week. I entitled this Nabbed. Nabbed, okay? I've got three of them for you, all on the same subject. First, um, what did... 
our president get in trouble for calling MS-13? Animals. Animals. Okay, from WND. MS-13 member named Animal gets 40 years for killing a 15-year-old girl. So there you go. That's a little ironic. Animals. All right, mail online. Nabbed. That's the title here. Owners of Mugshots.com. You can go and see anybody's mugshot and they make fun of people, right? Owners of Mugshots.com are arrested for extortion, money laundering, and identity theft as their mugs now circulate the internet after they made millions in their humiliating photo operation. So a little irony there. And then one more on the subject of being nabbed from Drudge. Woman arrested after boasting about escaping arrest on police Facebook. Oh. Yeah, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota to Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>